0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At goTodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install.
1: For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on Gotodobs.com now.
0: Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobs.com today.
1: This is the BK and Ferrario Podcast,
0: powered by I
1: Promise. Now here's BK and Ferrario.
0: He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on one oh one ESP and let's go out to the Brown and Group and Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Cardinals broadcaster Danny Mack joining us here on the show. You can hear him weekdays from ten to eleven o'clock. Host of Scoops with Danny Mack. Dan, always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Merry
1: Christmas, guys. Doing well.
0: Merry Christmas to you as well. Let's start things out with what I thought was a really interesting conversation you had with Randy earlier today. You guys were talking about the importance of Yachty and Wayno and coming back to the roster next year. You mentioned that if you're able to bring back Yachty or Molina... Maybe that does lessen, although not completely eliminating, lessen the importance of bringing back Wayno because suddenly you feel a little bit better about the young pitchers throwing to Yachty. Can, can you explain that a little bit further? Because I thought it was really interesting when you were talking about that earlier today.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you, you look at the, the check marks of bringing Yachty back, uh, one of the things that will not show up on a sabermetric or analytic spreadsheet is how he does handle Young pitching, and if you look at what the Cardinals have potentially in the rotation next year, and I'm going to go ahead and say in my five, it's KK, Flaherty, Michaelis. We know those three, and then Gomber and Reyes are two guys that uh, do not have that kind of experience of a full season under their belt of being a starter Hennessy Cabrera's pitching in winter ball, he has been awesome. We know about his relationship with Carlos Martinez. Ryan Helsley could be a first-year starter. John Gant, a veteran, could be a starter. Johan Oviedo got a little taste of what it was like. Jake Woodford is young. Daniel Ponce de Leon. So when you start thinking about some of those young names, that guys that could be starters, and there's nine of them I just mentioned, without even talking about Liberator and Thompson, that at some point could see big league time, you get the idea that his intangibles of handling young pitching and handling a pitching staff maybe outweigh some of the other things that you look at, maybe offensive deficiencies, aging player, that kind of thing. He's very, very important to a club. Whoever gets him is going to get what is, and it's cliche, but a coach on the field.
2: So let me ask you this then, Dan, because if if you do decide to go that route and you bring back Yachty and are unable to bring back Adam Wainwright – does that money then give the Cardinals the opportunity to go get that bat upgrade? Because we both were on that Zoom conference with Mike Schilt, Dan, last week, and Schilt talked about how he feels that it's important to get another bat in that batting order and said he hasn't tinkered with the lineup because he's expecting to have a bat upgrade.
1: Certainly could, you know, especially if both don't come back. Uh, it frees some some potential payroll that's there they're still not set with what they think their payroll is going to be. I think they have a pretty good idea, but we don't know for certain because, as we've been saying at Ozium, you know, we don't know fans in the stands, capacity, so on and so forth. But still, if this is a transition year, which in some ways it might be, and still a chance to win, this is about trying to find out what you have with your young outfielders. Stay, you know, We were saying the same thing last year. But if this is truly it, this is it. I mean, you got to find out, and then it's either cut bait or you move on with some of these guys. Um, but that then leads to, if you improve the club offensively, maybe look at a different position. Would that come from the infield? It's certainly not going to come probably that from, uh, you know, your first base or second base position. Uh, is it a slam dunk that Tommy Edmond is your second baseman? Currently constructed, yes. Is Carpenter a slam dunk at third? I guess, currently constructed. Yes. But you got to look at those two positions potentially as ways to improve as well.
0: Okay. You mentioned Matt Carpenter, Dan, we're talking to Danny Matt Cardinals broadcaster here on one oh one ESPN. I heard yesterday, we played some audio from apparently Mike Schilt when I was out of town and Mike Schilt said that it, he's not expecting right now, as Ferrario said, anybody to be in the batting order. he doesn't know he hasn't tinkered with it yet, but it is at least a possibility that Matt Carpenter could bat lead off for this team next year, As currently constructed, assuming no external improvements, Dan, who do you think is the best candidate to bat leadoff for this
1: team? I'd I'd look at Dexter Fowler. Uh, I think Tommy Edmonds certainly would be in the conversation. Um, I've even thought maybe outside the box of a Dylan Carlson, looking at him, but I I like him in the middle of my lineup. I especially like him maybe as a number two hitting in front of Goldschmidt. But, you know, to the Carpenter thing, where's he had his best success? Now, that success as a leadoff guy came earlier in his career, and I know fans may not want to hear this because he's had a couple of down years, and they've been tough years compared to where he was. But if this is where you get the best out of him, it's maybe something you think about. I'm not saying that you do it. Uh, The other problem with that is that you – Essentially, if he gets a single, you're looking at three hits to bring him in because he's not a, a burner. He's not going to be out there, you know, stealing bases and um, taking the extra base a lot of times. It's 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 a guy that's going to take three hits to get him in or a couple of hits and a sack fly. And, you know, they just don't have that thump in the middle of their lineup. So they're, they're at a little bit of a crossroads with that of not only – you know, what do you do with Matt Carpenter, but where do you hit him in the lineup? I would at least look at the idea of it because he's had great success there in the numbers, and it's a long sample size. I mean, big sample size are glaring that he's been there, and maybe you jumpstart him a little bit and try to get the final year of that contract as much as you can out of it. Uh, but again, as we talk in right before Christmas, I, I don't think it's ideal.
2: Well, Dan, uh, you know you don't get told this enough, but you're a genius thinking of that way because uh, somebody else on this show <laughs> thought that way yesterday, and he was shot down by another person on this show. Yeah, so I'm just. It's the
0: last time that we saw him lead leadoff. He had a 6.25 OPS. <laughs> That's okay, not what you want in the leadoff. past.
2: <laughs> Stop living well, in the past, BK.
1: Here's what here's where I'm going with it is that he's in the final year of his deal. Mm-hmm. He's making a lot of money, and if this is a way to salvage the final year and to maybe get him. Um, I don't know, just a different look, a shakeup, something different where he's had success in the past, which is the human element of this. It's not the what you're reading on your sheet there, BK, and it's factual what you read. That's maybe something you talk about, you tinker. Hey, is this something we could do? Is this something yeah. that maybe jumpstarts him? I'm not saying they do it, but I I think maybe you have the conversation.
0: So one thing that I would do, I remember whenever they were trying to jumpstart Colton Wong a few years back, they were like, you know what? We're going to have you as basically a second leadoff man at the bottom of our order. I'm going to tinker that way, Dan. I'm going to put Matt Carpenter like eighth (laughs) or ninth, and we're going to have multiple leadoff hitters uh, going that route. How's that sound instead?
1: Well, here's the problem with that idea, which by the way, on its surface, hundred percent, right. It's just currently constructed. It looks like you may have a lot of seven, six, seven, eight, nine hitters. Outside of Goldschmidt, maybe outside Dylan Carlson, maybe O'Neal gives you the power you've been hoping for. And then there are a lot of six and seven guys, so you got to figure out a way to fit these people in, these pieces in, and, and make the most of it. But that's that's the way it goes right now.
2: Well, Dan, since we're talking about the third base position, I heard your your great interview with Brian Walton earlier today on scoops with Danny Mack talking about how Nolan Gorman might not be as far away as we think he is. I mean, could we seriously see an impact from Nolan Gorman within the next year or two,
1: man, it's, we were talking specifically about this upcoming season and I think it dovetails a little bit into what's going on with Matt Carpenter or others. You know, if if, you, if there's a need. There's a lot of factors, I think, that would go into it. Number one, he's only 20. He will not be 21 until May 10th. So keep that in mind. He's still a really young guy, and there's a lot of, you know, figuring out of where he's at once you start playing live games. The the, the there's, And I'm going to kind of jump around here. One of the things that Brian brought up, and I really wanted to follow up on it, but we run out of time, is that, in the satellite camp and this goes for a lot of guys and i hadn't really thought of it this way it it wasn't games so it wasn't that live competition they tried to make it as much of a game setting as they could but nolan gorman was facing the top young prospects the cardinals have liberator zach thompson oviedo and was having really good success against those guys and the numbers were bearing that out statistically uh, through their analytics and how they view players so that part is good now as it pertains to coming up and making that jump to the big leagues what's your need at that point uh... is a third baseman struggling is your lineup struggling um, where are you in the standings and to the greater point starting his clock and i, I get concerned about any young player and i had this concern even with dylan carlson When you bring up a player and he doesn't have success, you hate to have to have them get buried and mentally have an issue where normal circumstances you groom them along, you get them through the couple weeks maybe of double A that he would need potentially, and then have a full triple A season and get ingratiated into that level and then have the comfort level of making the jump. To ask him to make a jump at that age is a lot But these are uncertain times, and if you need a fit and he's doing it in the minor leagues, why not? You bring him up.
0: Last question that I had for you, Dan. I know you were super interested in this, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday as well. Multiple, multiple major league managers have come out basically saying something to the effect of, hey, baseball is boring in 2020. It's not as much fun for me to watch. You watch as much baseball as literally anybody that I know. What would you make of managers coming out and saying that the other day?
1: First of all, I really do watch a ton of baseball. I know, it's insane. (laughs) I am a total geek, and I'm proud of it. I go home, I watch games, I DVR games, I watch the Cardinal games, I sign up to the minor league package, I watch baseball. I love it. And I'm concerned. As a guy that loves the game, and these managers clearly love the game, they're paid handsomely, but they have a great long history, a great majority of them, of either playing or coaching or managing in Major League Baseball. When you hear them make public comments like that, you have to wonder, where are we with the sport? There's concern. There's some really big glaring numbers. I mean, the overall uh, strikeout rate last year was 24% in Major League uh, Baseball. That's the, the highest strikeout rate And that is with, guys, the DH in play. Defensive shifts uh, leads to worse offense. And so balls batted in play, the average was 295. Uh, The overall batting average was 245. That's the lowest since 1972. Those are glaring numbers, and we we sometimes forget, yes, it's wins and losses. I want to beat you. You want to beat me. We go up in the standings. We try to pack the stands, and we go to the World Series. yes. But part of packing the stands is making it entertaining. And if, if, if there's a three outcome, which is what we've gotten right now, strikeout, home run, walk, and that's the way teams are built and you're looking at offenses that are like that and guys are taught launch angle, that's the way they get to the big leagues, we got a problem. And so do we get back to the pendulum swing back the other way to where maybe there's more hitting, hitting behind a runner, bunting, uh, bunting hit and run, I don't care, stealing bases, something. I thought when Mike Schilt first took over, he did a great job of being ultra-aggressive and took advantage of teams and almost snuck into the playoffs because of it. I wonder, because they could be at... Um, their, their strength is not offense currently constructed. If he gets back to that, even if the numbers say, eh, don't do it on this particular pitch or this guy or that combination, do it. I mean, why not? It's still about trying to entertain, and that's where I get concerned is that our younger fans watch that or they go watch the Blues which is so exciting, or you go watch um, LeBron and, and KD and these guys last night, I, you know, you compare it to watching a baseball game where there's not a lot of activity. If you're the sport, you've got to be concerned about it, and it's not just people like me that watch the game and are saying, man, this is a different game I'm watching, which is fine. I still love baseball, and it is what it is, but the numbers are bearing it out that we have to have more activity in the game.
0: I'm with you, Dan. I hope that they're able to find a way to do it. My concern, though, is just that the pitching has gotten so good that as much as we talk about the shifts and all of these, the, the launch angles and all of that, I I think it might be the pitching that's leading to the majority of these issues. There, there are certainly ways to alleviate some of the other problems, but I, I think it's almost like you got a car that the engine isn't running correctly, and you're worried about whether or not the stereo is going to be able to yeah. turn up to the, the the loudness that you would like. And it
1: you know it's a great point. Like Randy brought up the point, we don't see guys bunt this morning, right? We we never see bunting and. It was uh, an indictment of the sport, in a way, when you had a runner at second. And I know that the numbers say, don't bunt, don't bunt. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Nope, not when the game's on the line. You're telling me 20 years ago that you wouldn't see most managers bunt a guy to third and take their chances with less than two outs? A lot of them would. A ton of them would. Or ask their player to give themselves up and hit the ball to the right side and move that runner over. And one of the reasons that maybe you don't see it is to your point bk every guy coming out of that bullpen is throwing a 98 with sync and with great movement so that part of the game has changed i do think you can change the strike zone i do think you can limit shifts i think it would help i also think you can speed up the game with clocks Mm -hmm. if you had to go that route but you're right there's a lot of issues with the game but maybe the the one thing we're missing the the point of is that these guys are just damn good and (laughs) They make it really hard to do these things. It's getting really hard. It's really valid.
0: It's kind of like in basketball. Like there's just better shooters. I don't know what to tell you about the defense. Like they're going to score 115 points in the NBA now because they're shooting from half court and it's a 40% shot. It's insane.
1: Guys pull up. I'll never forget this. I know you guys got to run, but it was during an NBA lockout. I was playing pickup basketball and I was down at the Atlantic, uh, Atlanta, like rec center or something. It was like their version of a high end YMCA or something, whatever. And All of a sudden, I saw. I go, man, that looks like Kenny Anderson, and it was. It was Kenny Anderson. Now I look over. I go, man, that looks like the Barry Brothers, and they strolled in. So what it was, it wound up being an agent during a lockout or whatever the the season was going on. The guys needed to work out, okay. So they're coming into this this gym, and we step aside because I just want to watch. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome watching these guys go through workouts. Guys, they didn't miss. They didn't miss. Like, there wasn't a hand in their face, and they didn't miss. And I remember walking away from that going, that's why these guys are so good. They don't miss. They had the the guards shooting from well beyond three-point territory, and the bigs were shooting from three and not missing. And I thought, this is crazy. But when you see that in person – you start to realize these guys are just on a different planet, stratosphere, whatever. They're awesome athletes, and maybe that's what we're having in baseball right now.
0: Absolutely. It's it's a fascinating issue that baseball has to find an answer for, and I, I, the answers are few and far between to me. Dan, always appreciate the time, man. You can hear him weekdays from 10 to 11 o'clock. Scoops with Danny Mack right here on 101 ESPN. Also, that tomorrow as well, you will be able to hear him live on Carriker and Smallman from 7 to 10 a.m. Dan, all the best to you and the fam, man. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll see you again soon.
1: I think to make it truly a, a good feeling within the, everybody that works at the station because we're like a, a family, you guys can come on in and probably should come on in between at some point, 7 and 10, and we'll carve out a segment or two.
0: See you next week, Dan. All the best, buddy. He is yep. Danny Mac right Very here good, on 101 ESPN. <laughs> I, I think that the baseball issues right now, ferrario are fascinating and i don't think that there's a solution for them like we said with dan like there are things you can do to make it better and they should be done right the pitch clock i'm all in favor of it if you want to uh shrink the strike zone a little bit all in favor of that if you want to eliminate the shift i got no issues with it i think it's probably a little overstated in terms of what the shift has done but whatever i i am not opposed to any of these things I still think we're going to run into some very similar issues, though, because the pitching is so damn good right now. And there are so many of them coming in out of a bullpen. You've got like seven, eight dudes on any given team any night that at a minimum, a minimum have a 96 plus mile an hour fastball and a slider from hell. How do you hit that? It's it's a fascinating issue for baseball.
2: Well, and the same can be said for the offensive players too. I mean, you get a lot of pride with these guys that know that they're better than, oh, I'm just going to lay down a bunt to move this guy over who's on second base with no outs, or, oh, I'm going to get myself out with a fly to right field so I can move him over. These guys got pride in themselves, and we see it firsthand with a lot of players here in St. Louis. So I think that's the other struggle that a lot of managers have, knowing that it's like, well, I I trust this guy. This guy can get it done, so we're going to let him take the bat and swing away. I think there's just a difference with the players right now than what it was in the past as well. For sure.
0: He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. One last thing that I wanted to get to here before we get into the junk drawer coming up next. So he mentioned it's really hard right now to make a lineup where you would have Matt Carpenter batting ninth, right? He's right. However, I think I've done it, Ferrario. I think I've come up with a lineup <laughs> Still for the Cardinals going for it. as currently constructed where Matt Carpenter would bat ninth. So here's what I've got. Okay. Tommy Edmond is your leadoff hitter right now. I'm on board. Dylan Carlson batting second. Paul Goldschmidt batting third. Paul DeYoung batting cleanup. Okay. Here's where it gets a little tough. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't do it. (laughs) Dexter Fowler, as a switch hitter, is going to be batting fifth for you. Tyler O'Neal, with his power, is going to come in sixth. Whoever is playing catcher for you will be batting seventh. Kisner, Yachty, whoever. Even if
2: that's Wheaties?
0: Then they'll, we'll switch this up at that point. But I'm going <laughs> to assume that at the very minimum, it's going to be Kisner. You bat Bader eighth, Carpenter ninth, and that's how you go with the lineup. So you're bottom, basically the guys that would be, you kind of know what the top four is, same construction as last year for the most part. Fowler fifth, O'Neill sixth, Catcher seventh, Bader eighth, Carpenter ninth. That's a really bad bottom of your order. Don't get me wrong. You've got a lot of what will feel at the time whenever they're coming up at the end of games like automatic outs. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else you construct it because I want my worst hitters getting the fewest amount of at-bats over the season. And ultimately, that's what this would do.
2: Here's my issue with it, though, BK. It's You got Carpenter in between two fast guys and Bader and Edmund, and I'm not saying Carpenter's going to get on base that much, but if you got Bader on base, and you're going to take the chance with him running, and then you put Carpenter behind him, and then you get your leadoff guy with Edmund, you get a slow guy in between a couple of fast guys, and there's a little bit of an issue there. I, I think it makes the most sense because you want to bury that bat, but let's be honest, if we're if we're putting him in this many times, you're hoping that that bat can at least be suitable. So I would say you kind of put him in between a Fowler and a Molina, maybe, to where he's still towards the bottom of that batting order. Do you know but how many double plays
0: you're about to hit into if you have Molina behind Carpenter? That's that's the not thing that I'm hoping to avoid is getting rid of some of those double plays with Bader before him and Edmund coming up after him. It, yeah, it at least helps double- you
2: from that respect. I guess you can't get into double plays if Bader's not getting on base, nor Matt Carpenter. He's right? Alex
0: Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Coming up at 1 o'clock, Illini fan, you're, you're going to want to tune in for this. The Illinois Athletic Director, Josh Whitman, is going to join us to talk about what led the Illini to Brett Bielema. That's coming up at 1 o'clock. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues at one thirty on the official announcement today that the Blues have announced their 23rd captain in team history is going to be Ryan O'Reilly. But coming up next, let Let's dive into the junk drawer right here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast powered by I promise.